0: Love Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki, and this is Jensen Ackles, and you're listening to Winchester Radio.
1: Well, goodness. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of Winchester Radio, uh, special because we're going to be talking about episode 300 of Supernatural, 14th season. Title is Lebanon as in Lebanon, Kansas, where the Men of Letters Bunker is located. Uh, This episode was written by Andrew Dabb and Meredith Glynn and directed by Robert Singer, beautifully directed by uh, Mr. Singer, and beautifully written by Andrew Dabb and Meredith Glynn. And if I sound incredulous, it's because I am. Um, (laughs) And we've we've had our issues (laughs) With uh, both those writers, and but perhaps they were all caught in a temporal paradox because this this was a terrific episode and so well written. And uh, Becky and I were talking before we started and said, "Why can't they do this all the time?" But I like Becky's theory. Do you want to say? Hey. Oh, I was saying that because it's such a. Special episode, such a huge milestone episode that Jared and Jensen were like, hey, we're going to do this one right. And so they made it, made sure mm-hmm. everything was done right. That's my theory. I don't, you know, that's just my own personal theory. I 100% agree. What? I 100% agree. Oh, good. Oh, I do too. Well, they've said that they, they made phone calls and they talked and they had a lot of input. And also, I I read that Jensen also figured into bringing Jeffrey Dean Morgan back. And I'm sure it was basically, don't mess this up. (laughs) And and whatever they did with input and whatever, I hope they keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah, given that, like, the 100th episode was just, like, a standard episode. Like, it just fit into the myth arc. It wasn't anything special. It was a milestone, but it wasn't special. The 200th I don't episode even remember a what it was. And I'm sorry for anybody who actually likes the 200th episode. Opinions are your own, but you know what else they say about opinions. And if you like the 200th, that's my opinion of that. It's just, oh, God, it's so bad. And I really think that deep down, Jared and Jensen, no matter how they feel about that episode as an episode, I don't think they agree that it should be a milestone, and we're not doing that again this has to matter. This mm-hmm. is 300. Uh like Jensen said in an interview, only 25 shows in, in TV history have ever hit that milestone mm. and I feel like we're not we're not doing something dumb. This has to matter. Mhm. Yeah. The 100th episode it mattered. And that was um the 100th episode was when um with the beautiful room and Adam was in there mm-hmm. and um, Dean kills Zachariah. Which nice to okay. agree that Dean killed Zachariah in that episode and Sam killed Zachariah in this episode. Not to say the 100th episode was a bad episode. It wasn't. It just wasn't special, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it fits into the myth arc. It could have right. been any other episode. It's mm-hmm. well it's well done, but it's not a standout in any way. It just happens to right. be a mm-hmm. episode. Right. Like, the, main, okay. the only yeah, thing I remember, remember mentioning. Like the, there was a motel room or something that was room 100. I remember that being like the big, oh, yeah. see, this is the 100th episode. Okay. That's, why, that's right. all I really remember. Well, I don't think at the time they had any idea that they'd be making episode 300. I mean, for sure. No. And <laughs> so, I, you know, they didn't even imagine 200 episodes possibly at that point. But so it wasn't quite as much... Uh, concentration on that milestone. But yeah, this is a big one. It is pretty amazing. Um, they're probably gonna become, you know, the gunsmoke of our time. Um, if anyone else remembers that show but me. <laughs> but it went on for like thirty years? Thirty two years? Twenty. Twenty.
0: Yeah. It I looked 20? it up the
1: other day. Gun 20, yeah. Oh, Gunsmoke. Yeah, was it 20? I thought it was 30. <laughs> but it went on forever. <laughs> and,
0: it did. You know, and
1: so. the only, you know, there's Law & Order SVU. I don't know how many years it's been oh, on, yeah. but it's been on forever. So it's probably the only yeah. one that could beat Supernatural, I'm, I'm guessing. Well, Supernatural will be the only one with the same two main leads and actors since Day one yeah, to to be end because neither it's not it's not going to be like SVU where um, um, Stabler, good lord, Chris Maloney uh, left and Mariska Hargitay is still there. That's not going to happen with Supernatural. You know, they'll leave yeah, together right. or stay together. So. Anyway, despite some people's wishes to the contrary. <laughs> Vinny, I got, I got to say, Vinny, when this episode started at the beginning and the whole John Wayne Gacy stuff was mentioned, all I could think of was you because you had been – you had tweeted just <laughs> earlier yesterday about listening to a John Wayne Gacy podcast when you go to bed or something. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what it is, is oh, it's really funny. I was actually telling, like, this is not a new thing for me. And also, like, I have a friend, Sue. And the other day, I was just like vomiting John Wayne Gacy like fun facts that are for because we were talking about Ted Bundy actually, and I was like, no, 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 psychopaths. like you just understand. She was like, well, Ted Bundy was was attractive, and i was like, no, he really wasn't. I was like, but the thing is, it's like look at John Wayne Gacy, not attractive, very charismatic. I've been vomiting John Wayne Gacy facts my whole life, to be honest. I listen to a podcast regularly called My Favorite Murder. It's one, of the, it's one of the many podcasts I listen to that are about true crime. I love true crime. Uh, so, but these, it's, it's hosted by uh, two women, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Karen Kilgariff is a former stand up comedian. She's also written for, like, the Ellen DeGeneres show. She also writes for this show called Baskets, which is about a clown. Or he's, like, not really a clown, but he wants to be a clown. Anyway, it's a really interesting show. But bottom line is she tells the story of (laughs) Don, makes me really funny. Which is not a funny story. It's a terrifying story. It's awful. It's horrible. But she tells it funny. And so I listen to it every night before I go to bed for, like, the past 10 days. You know what I listen to to calm down or just sort of relax? Weather channel videos. <laughs> <laughs> <gonna>, not not <laughs> serial killer podcasts?
0: <laughs> Very
1: different. And legitimately, what? like, I've just stuck on this one. I've been stuck on this one because I get that way. Like, you know, everybody gets a little obsessive about things sometimes. But it's also because I know the podcast so well, that particular episode, that I don't have to pay attention, so it doesn't keep me awake. Mm-hmm. Right. But I thought... To either well, something from their podcast or something from another podcast is called um, "Small Town Murder," and then another one that's called "Generation Y," which is also about murders. It's just there's probably something real psychological and deep seated there. I'm not going to deal with it. I don't care. But <laughs> so it, it really did feel like, oh, this is this is for me. I and mean, the amount of people who were, who were like telling you, like, oh, my God, I'm thinking of you right now as we watch John Wayne Gacy. Like, every time something was referenced, I got a tweet that was like, it's for you. (laughs) Oh, this is maybe not the best reputation I could have on on the Internet. Uh, But I'm also on a, like, completely just true crime, like, nerd way. (sighs) They did the clown so perfectly because the whole thing of John Wayne Gacy is that, like, Yes, he was dressed up as a clown. He was dressed up as a clown and he was doing clown stuff in his in his neighborhood and or in his city. And, but he nice. did the clown thing all wrong. Aside from the fact that he's a psychopath murderer. But he did the clown thing all wrong where, like, clowns are supposed to be very soft and rounded and things. And, like, he was, like, jagged triangles through the eyes and let it terrify you before clowns were really, a, like, universal terrifying things. I was going to ask you... Actually, I made that note to ask you, because I figured you would know, the outfit on this John Wacey, John Wacey, good Lord, John Wayne Gacy clown in this episode, was it Gacy's clown suit? I would not know. It was. He had more than one. I think he, I'm not sure how many. It was fairly accurate, though. Of course, like, John Wayne Gacy's was never dirty like that. Um, yeah, well, he was dead at this point. And he didn't do, he didn't do, like, and he had a couple of different ways where he did, he had a couple of different versions of his makeup, so this was probably the version that was later and the more intense. But
0: uh-huh. um,
1: it was, it was pretty had, creepy, and clowns don't scare me. I don't care about clowns. They don't, they don't well, bother and that's me, not this a, one was very, very thing. creepy. Yeah, that's funny thing. My mother's terrified of clowns. She just, the idea that she doesn't, can't see the face of the person who's in, like, <laughs> like, mm. there are out, and I get that. Yeah. Clowns scare me. So I have two feelings mm-hmm. about clowns. Clown, they don't scare me. I just find them annoying, like, in real life, like, get out of my face. Mm-hmm. Don't honk your nose at yeah. me. Don't be in my face making faces. Like, I'm not dealing with you. But in terms mm-hmm. of, like, clowns as dolls and clowns as costumes and clowns as, like, art, I actually really love clown stuff. So I love Samson Chester. I'm like give Prime and the clown. Yeah. This is great. I, I love I mean I love, I love Dean carrying on yeah. about Sam. And, yeah, and, and saying, you know, really the well two done. Done. Yeah, that was you know, clever. It's like, like it's the Which is the best and the worst. <laughs> yeah. Whoever came up with that, whether it was whether it was Andrew or it was Meredith and Lord knows how I feel about both their writings So. Um,
0: Mm.
1: Kudos. Clever. Also, in further, uh, we're writing this episode for Vinny and Vinny alone vibe. Yeah. Like, the the movie that was being showed in Lebanon at the, at the movieplex was Beetlejuice, which, okay. I love that movie. <laughs> and we just went to go see it. Uh, it was, it was, uh, I live where there's an Alamo draft house and they do movie parties and they'll do older movies and, Whatever, mm-hmm. and my phone—the phone, the case I have for my phone right now is actually a replica of the the handbook for the recently deceased. So mm. again, I I'm not sure how Andrew and Meredith decided that they're like, you know what? Maybe we're kind of tired of pissing Vinny off all the time. Let let's give her this because <laughs> we irritate her a lot. And okay, let's just let let's, let's give her let's give her some happiness. It well, worked. did you have your weird before... FaceTime bug that maybe they called you and were just listening in <laughs> on your phone and the sleep Oh, okay. <laughs> Internet, Internet cookies are a scary thing, so I'm not going to pretend they are that. scary. But, so even before the big reveal, the first act of this episode made me extremely happy. Like, we get immediately Dean killing someone to save Sam, which is always going to Ooh, that's that's my,
0: mm-hmm. that's my name, uh,
1: and just kind of like day in the life Winchester kind of stuff, which I also really like. Mhm, I love that stuff. Me too. Um. So yeah, even even the first act itself, which I I have very very few criticisms of this episode, very few. I could have more. Mm -hmm. I really could dig into this episode and nitpick it and be like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And we may touch on a few of those things, but I don't
0: care. Mm -hmm.
1: This is an episode where I will let the indiscretions slide. Do I think Mm -hmm. that this episode should be two separate episodes? I do. Because technically the town stuff and the John stuff just didn't feel like they matched. And I do think... Like, we know from Comic-Con that, you know, they had this outline of this outsider point of view episode. And I don't know whether it wasn't well-received or it was just the, the, the knowledge that they could actually get Jeffrey Dean Morgan back, that they really rejigged the episode, really rejigged the script. And so, to me, I would have preferred that they had pulled out the outsider point of view aspect and save it for another episode because I really enjoy that. And we got very good luck. Well, we we talked about that on this, on the podcast before, that uh, it's not only like an outsider point of view. It's like, well, you know how they blow in and out of towns and people are left behind, but it's also that, that, we're so used to Sam and Dean and what they do, but somebody on the outside who's only knows a little bit or only meets them a couple of times, they're terrifying. You know, they can be terrifying and mysterious and, and dangerous. So that started a little bit in this episode, but I guess we're going to see the kids again or the town again. I think they said they were going to come back around in a later episode. But that's all. Yeah. and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to give spoilers, but, if you want to know spoilers if you just go on imdb you'll find out which episode it is they're already listed for it uh, all right the boy i really like the boy especially at the I end when too. he was so so excited you know they kill monsters mm. you know oh uh, yeah. also if you know if you uh notice their big wild and crazy party that was happening at that house it's if you look at the cans that are sitting around, it's root beer cans, lemon lime soda cans it's like you know they're my they're my it's my kind of wild party you know I'll, I'll, yeah I like those kids, yeah, I thought they were cute. I thought the girls were adorable, and i I like that um they they like each other, you know one had kind of a crush mm-hmm. on the other, and this episode, they finally sort of took another little step you know, and holding hands. I thought they were just, just adorable. So, and and, I and don't it wasn't like, a big deal, like that's that another thing. Maybe, I just thought that was the balls on that girl. My God. First of all, the steal cars, to steal a car <laughs> in the first place. But also, you just you just always got finished talking about how they might be serial killers. How about you don't steal yeah. serial <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but when you can impress your possible girlfriend, boy. But I, I yeah, I'm impressed. That's a big heavy car to drive if you're not used to it. I mean they're a handful and and she just but I but I I love Dean's reaction. <laughs> you know. He's he and he doesn't care their kids. He is murderous that they dared to
0: steal
1: his car. And and I love him running up going, Baby, baby, they didn't hurt you, did they? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope we I really hope we get to see more of that stuff they got from that pawn shop because there, mm. uh, there was some pretty interesting stuff. That that dragon's breath was really cool, and I want to mm-hmm. know what and the, the bear. I want to know what. I want to know what the bear does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we never saw. Uh, uh, his mouth was sewed up, so I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. You know, if you pull his, his string, it's not going to be good since they sewed up his mouth and. You know the guy you know warned Sam not to mm-hmm. do that, so I want to find out what it was Maybe yeah, episode yeah. when the kids come back, who knows, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good, oh yeah, and the sword. I don't want to give spoilers, but thinking of what the title of that episode is supposed to be, that actually makes sense. Hmm. oh, nice, let's see if I'm right Ooh. in a in well, <laughs> in a couple in like a month and a half. <laughs> in a while we'll see if I'm right (laughs) yeah and that sword is pretty cool too And says it cuts through anything of course he threatens Sam and says you know you're a big boy you might take some work (laughs) and then of course that was a bad idea because don't ever threaten Sam because Dean will kill you I loved when that was happening um, Russ Mm. was watching with me my husband and he was like he, why is he turning his back on a guy and talking but you know and then you know, Dean kills him and says he always talks so much and I said there, there you go Russ there you go <laughs> yeah it's a villain and you know they always talk too much it's true not just on Supernatural every show they just carry on and on you're like shut up don't bore me to death <laughs> but Anyway, I feel like you're throwing shade. At my, my, my favorite villain, the Joker, and you need to be you need to calm down. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I will fight. Yes. And speaking of the town kids and their like opinion of Sam and Dean that you know they're badass possible serial killers, I laughed so hard at their descriptions of Jack and Cass. <laughs> the dumb bambi look. <laughs> For Jack and Cass is the weirdo in a trench coat. <laughs> did, he, did,
0: did he say weirdo? The weirdo psychic? Yeah.
1: Psychic. Huh? Yeah. I thought some people like psychic, and I was like, no, 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 sidekick. And I was like, apropos. Yeah. Okay. Indeed. Okay. Because I I thought it was psychic, and I'm like, why do you think Cass still psychic? But sidekick no. makes much more sense. <laughs> okay, I get it now. Yeah. Sidekick. <laughs> yeah. It was not the best. It was not the best line reading. Um it maybe should have had it maybe should have either gone with another take or uh fixed in in post, but captioning, so unfair advantage. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was funny. And you know what it must speaking of outsider point of view, Cass always in a coat no matter the weather, must be a little fishy to people, you know. <laughs> be some kind of slasher. their layers. Hmm? So, you
0: know um,
1: talk- Sam and D and do where their layers, although we do know that Sam goes running in town, like jogging. what well, we assume in town in one hmm. layer. So Oh no. Talking about Cass's coat, I never really paid attention to the difference between his coat now and the one he originally had. And then so no. to see in the to see in this episode, you know the di- You know, the differences, seeing season four again with Zechariah and then seeing current cast again at the end, I was like, wow, they're even different colors, you know, because I never really even paid attention <laughs> before. I, me either. <laughs> I know one's shorter, right? The more recent one is shorter than the one. Yeah, the than than one's the shorter, one. the, the, the pockets are different. I think the original mm-hmm. coat was a Burberry, if I'm not mistaken. The, the original? Mm-hmm. Original. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't know what the new one is, but I think there's been three coats total. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Being a few, <laughs> old coat's a better coat. It hangs better. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah, longer coat. The short coat is odd. But I I love Zachariah. I love Zachariah coming back, and then I loved him oh, saying yeah. to the cast. And calling him Constantine and of course he doesn't understand that. I actually thought that cast in that scene, which is a great callback to his first appearance in in fourth season, with, you know, the lights going and he's just a soldier. He's just there to 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 be the killer. Um, I thought it was great. You know, he was fighting and, and I I thought it was a great scene. It was the best cast I've seen in years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I loved Castiel in the fourth season, and, you know, he was, mm-hmm. he was awesome. And I, after I was thinking about it, as much as I love Kurt Fuller and as much as I love Zachariah, um, I think it would have been cooler if Castiel came back with Uriel, because, you know, when Castiel was first hanging around in the fourth season, it was always with Uriel. I don't think he ever mm-hmm. really hung out with Zachariah. Like he was in this one, so I think that would have been cool. But I really, really I think what the it cooler. would have been cool is if they. And again, I'm trying super hard to not nitpick this episode because the reality is I loved it. But 2003 Cass would not look like Jimmy. And so really? I think what have it? Well, Cass didn't take over Jimmy's vessel until 2008.
0: And John oh, that's came back
1: in two thousand three and funny, a little it was established that was established in Canon that even going back decades and centuries, Cassio was not one to listen to orders, so it was kind of like it it was kind of like not the best in like characterization. And yeah, I get though. it. And, I get that they just had to fit Misha in. Like, I get it. Contracts and blah, 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 and sem- semantics and yada, yada. I get it. Well, they didn't but go back I to 2003, they right? They didn't go back to 2003. They were no, in 2003. 2000- well, they clarify where, where they pull Chad and Zachariah from. And so, if you but, don't clarify, then narratively speaking, you are implying I the same time frame. I think Zachariah and Cassiel were from now because from in the ultimate, because you know, the now, timeline changed. The, the timeline yeah. changed and they were, they're from now. And that's why and he Zachariah he said, has been playing said, back to the future. And he also if they were said, from now, um, we had big, we had big plans for the Winchesters. So we had big plans for the Winchesters, but then John went missing. So, um, you know, when they pulled John out of 2003, and, you know, everything, nothing happened mm-hmm. from that point on that we know of. And so as right. to the world, John was just went missing between 2003 and 2019 when he pops back up in Lebanon, Kansas. So when he pops back up it, in 2019, it, it, that's when Zachariah and Castiel notice something's going mm-hmm. on in Lebanon yeah. and they show up. I think so too. That doesn't work. Yeah. That doesn't work in terms of how you tell a story, like how you're taught to tell a story when you take a screenwriting class, and like it this doesn't work that way. Because if you don't. And specify, maybe, but that's what, what they're they did. saying is if if they have plans for them, you're saying we have plans for you in the future. Therefore, you they can't have your had. character come from the future without specifying that they are from the future when you have another character no. at a time. Specifying, the but year they're they not came from, from the future. They're from the they're present. They're not from the future. The they're from now. Well, yeah, it is. No, that's they, why they, the bartender they, didn't they know. They came, and Dean. they came out of time. They are out of time. They said it. That they are out of time. Like they are not no. in their See, I uh, no. They said right. we're harping on it. We're, we are harping on a point that all three of us super don't care about. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> it's, like, not remotely important. Like, it, it's literally, it's literally like, Zachariah's in the episode for, what, two and a half minutes? Cass is in the episode for, like, maybe five? Let's not even stress about it. I agree. I, I refuse mm-hmm. to super stress about the plot holes, the many plot holes in this episode. If you really sit down and think about it, it's a jumble. I don't care. Yeah. So Cass was in one-eighth of the episode, right? If my math is correct. Yes, I did do oh. the math. Because somebody else tried to do the math. <laughs> it's just math wrong. And there's one thing I can't abide is people okay. being wrong on the internet.
0: <laughs>
1: so somebody tried to say it was one quarter, but I already knew that somebody else had timed it, and it's like five minutes and 20 seconds. Well, the run time of an episode is 42 minutes approximately. If you yeah. cut out two minutes That's for the recap approximately, you're at five out of 40, which is one-eighth. Now, if you want to go by the entire yeah. episode, including commercials, that's 5 out of 60, which is, one, which is the 12th, math. Okay. I was told there would be no math. Apparently, there was math. I have now math. I'm not doing it again. And there's a
0: I'm quiz so at the you. end
1: of this podcast. There's a <laughs> quiz at the end of this podcast. All I know is that <laughs> without timing it, I can tell you that John Winchester is probably about half the episode, and that's what matters. Because oh, we got John Winchester, yes, and I don't did. care about the fact that John Winchester in 2003 should not look like Jeffrey Morgan in 2019. I know yeah, that I not I have, have hair. About Sam <laughs> I know that I have complained about Sam Smith being 49 while Mary's like 28. I know I have. I recognize my hypocrisy. I don't care. Yes, I'm so with you. because honestly. The only the only plot hole to me, the on, the only thing that stood out to me as being wrong was how old John looked. And so I just you know, head candidate that two thousand three was just a really bad year on him. You know, Sam left, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. That's why he's looking really bad. So there, I'm done. I I figured it out so I'm good. Oh, watch <laughs> I now remember between remember when there was a writer's strike and then Jensen shaved his head? Uh huh. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to head that when Dean Dean shaved his head because he got it from John in 2003 when John was having a rough time. There you it go. There you go. Yeah, that works. Yeah, and as long as can I? As long as Sam doesn't shave his head, we're it. Yeah. Yes. No. Sam, longer. The longer, the better. Hair for Sam. Anyway. Um. I, I'm going to go back just for two seconds to the scene. <laughs> the scene we just don't care about with Zachariah and Cass, but it's in reference to Sam and Dean because when they're fighting, and it made me laugh that Dean was hitting Cass with the cake platter, like pick up anything and make it a weapon. But I love that despite the fact this is Cass and this is someone who's up until this point has been a, an ally most of the time. Yes, I know he's. Betray them, etc. But overall, they consider him uh, uh, an ally and all that. Both of them were like, had, were, well, not as much Sam as Dean. Dean had his angel blade out. It's like, you know, there is no choice oh, here. He I don't know being. who this is and what kind of, 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 of what's happening here, but I've got my angel blade and I am willing and he's going after Sam. So, no. And he was ready, but there was a fight and, it went on from there. And I love Sam, bless Sam, you know, still being remembering and still not willing to take that last step. But of course he's he's beating up Dean that can't be. So using his own blood to make the sigil of the angel banishing. So I I, I thought that part of it was, was pretty awesome. Okay. Back to John. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know, staying with that just briefly, like Bean is very much a stab first, ask questions later. Where Sam is a like, let's let's assess, mm-hmm. not murder everyone right. if we can help it. Mm-hmm. Also, Dean's like, you know, I can try to reason with you. I tried, you know us, and then he's like, you know what? I already know that my time is really limited with my with both parents. This is this is cutting into this time, and I'm not here for it. Yep. And also don't beat up Sam. Don't touch Sam. Don't go near Sam. Don't try to kill Sam. Um, I, I I cannot remember who said this first or put this on Twitter, but I just love it. It's like it's like, you know, if something's happening with Sam, you're threatening Sam, don't ask where Dean Winchester is because he's right behind you and you're already dead. <laughs> it's perfect someone did speak out there. Well, totally. And that's been kind of like a fandom thing for a long, long time,
0: decades. Mm-hmm. But
1: I always like that they went, they actually did mirror that in, um, oh goodness, the episode that's that's primarily about Donna. The purge. No, the one that came after the wayward nonsense. Mm-hmm. The one that was recent. Yes, but anyway when they were going to take Sam's heart, it's the most valuable thing. And that is oh, actually that how it goes. And I just was thinking of that episode the other day, and the name escapes me all of a sudden, of course, because I need to actually say it. Ferris uh, okay. and okay. Sundry the Villains? Was it that one? No, that's Rowena. Oh, who cares? Okay. Okay, hey, again, not, probably not necessary have at this minute. point. When you have 300, when you have 300 episodes, it's hard to remember all the titles. Well, it's I, I very I, true. Like, seasons one through three, they're by name for me. Season four and five yeah. were like names jumble for me. After that, legitimately after Forget season it. once we hit season eight. No, yeah, no, no, no. Numbers, numbers only. Yep, yep. That happens to me on any show. I, it's like I can still name like early Buffy. Seasons, but as that went on to like five, to, I forget it. They all run together except once more with feeling. Happened with the X-Files towards the end. It's just, there's just too many, <laughs> just too many. And 300, it's just here and there, things that stand out to me that are special. But, Back in like the anyway. third or fourth season, if I couldn't go to sleep at night, I would lay there and think of the episode titles in order. And to help me go to sleep. And I could usually get through, you know, through three and start having trouble in four. But now, you know, mm-hmm. I can't do anything past that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you could try the John Lane Gacy podcast. At...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard that works wonders for
1: you. So. <laughs> it's relaxing, and I will hear no argument otherwise. <laughs> Um, oh. Or, like, because, you know, I do not want to get into the John stuff, but I do want to mention, you know, how John comes, which is the pearl, because I think that's important in the fact that they know that they think that the pearl is going to give them the answer to Michael. Like, Dean sincerely thinks that that's what he wants the most. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that the pearl is like, no, I know what you really want. And it wasn't so much that Dean wanted his dad back. I don't think it was necessarily like, I want my dad back. It's like he says, like he really tries to get across to Sam that ever since he lost his family, all he's wanted was his family. He's wanted this since he was four. He wants mm-hmm. that that unity back, that complete, you know, you can, you know, you we've had, Bobby say family don't end with blood. We've had, you know, anyone who talks to Dean for more than five seconds is family, whatever. But the bottom line is what Dean deep down wants is his, is his nuclear core family. He wants his Winchester time. And it's also, you know, that whole be careful what you wish for is really what happens somebody had pointed out that I hadn't it hadn't really occurred to me is that also in theory that does get rid of Michael the same way it got rid of everything else yeah uh, I hadn't found it that out actually, either but you're right yeah it hadn't clicked because who we're like no nope, none of us cared we're all too busy going I just <laughs> I love this family so much Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But once, like once you once you have watched it like four or five or thirteen times, whatever, and have cried until you are a dried out husk of a human, you know you do actually start to break down the episode. It you know it is because inevitably you're gonna start picking up little details. So people have started doing that, and I saw that, and I was like, that's brilliant. I hadn't thought about that, but the Point is, is that it's not like we don't, we even Dean doesn't actually know what his actual wish was, and I think that's interesting that he doesn't know what he he doesn't know. He knows what the result was, but was his wish that he just wanted one's dinner? Was his wish that he wanted his family back? What was his actual wish? We don't know. It just it was the culmination, and I like that. I like that we didn't spend a whole lot of time going over like tell me what you've done in the in the meantime like it was very quick into the fact like they were able to reference Henry without making it this drawn out let's explain the men of letters process like it wasn't something that really had to be broken down for John and I like that John kind of had a passing it almost seemed like he had maybe heard of them and was like oh okay them yeah. And that it was like, oh, yeah, we're a legacy because of you. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, it wasn't super drawn out. Um, and I'm I'm glad that we didn't have to deal with, like, them recapping the whole, like, and this is how we got Jack, and this is how this happened, and this is how that happened. It was mm. very, uh, I liked that it was a cutaway and that we could get really quickly into, which we were all spoiled for from the sneak peek that was released, but it it's still as effective as in the episode was as they're about to tell John about Mary and that he hears her come in and oh, the that plays that voice break and immediately wells up was just an absolute brilliant moment of acting from him. Just mm-hmm. thinking about it right now. I got chills. I mean, just mm-hmm. his face crumbling, you know, Mary, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, Oh, my God. It was honestly, you know, as much as I loved all of the John, Sam, and Dean moments, it was the John and Mary scenes that killed me. And I'm tearing up right now thinking about it. The John and Mary scenes absolutely had me sobbing. And when I thought about it after the episode ended, it was just like, John and Mary are like the biggest tragic love story because... As, you know, in this episode, you know, they're they're together, but they can't be together because if they stay in the current, Mary will disappear.
0: Mm-hmm. But then if
1: John goes back to his time, Mary's dead. You know, it's either stay in the current, you know, it, 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 mm-hmm. John stays in the current and Mary goes away. John goes to the past, Mary's dead. Mary stays in the current, John's dead. I mean, they can't. Be together, and it's just the most tragic love story, and it it just it just kills me. That's the epic tragedy of, of Dean Winchester. Also, like we've had yeah. two episodes where Dean is trying to get his family all four together, and no matter how he tries it, whether it was what is isn't what should never be, or twelve years later with Lebanon, if Dean gets tries to get both his parents, he can only have one, and he can't have Sam. It, yeah. it, 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 it. it is what it is. Like, he, he, you know, with the gym, he was like, I'm going to have my whole family. And they're like, well, you know, his wish was that his mother had never died. And it is one of those things where you have to, it's the trope of TV, movies, and books is you better word your wish correctly. Because, okay, your mom didn't die, but your dad did. He had a heart attack. And also, you and your brother you don't get along. Well, that's not going to fly. I don't like that. So Dean didn't like that. This was, again, okay, you've got, so your dad didn't die, or your dad your dad can be here, except as a result, your mom's going to fade away, and you and your brother don't get along. Dean's like, nope, because it, it, Dean knows, and I think it's really well played, and it's a really good job in the subtlety of storytelling that when Dean when, Sam is immediately analytical and concerned and it looks on the surface like you're just like being just kind of being like, no, shut up. But what Dean is really saying when he says, I just want one dinner is he's saying, I know, I know this isn't going to last. I know this isn't going to work. I know something is going to go wrong. Just give me this one thing. And when they go to town to go grocery shopping, after, you know, the, once they realize that, you know, Dean is wanted, and Dean could care less than he's wanted. He really doesn't seem to care about that. And I guess that that makes sense because even in his own natural timeline, like, technically he's dead because he was a, and he's a dead fugitive. The only difference is he and Sam are both dead fugitives legally. But he immediately says, we have to tell Dad. Because They figure it out. Without even talking about it, they realize that messing with time creates a butterfly effect, no matter what. So I like that it's a very subtle thread there that really ties. I felt like this episode really pulled elements from a lot of different older episodes and a lot of different older moments. And like I've always said with uh, the French mistake that the jokes work on two levels, whether you catch it or not and whether you know or not. And I feel like this episode is the same thing. If you catch the fact that the 100th episode was when Dean killed Zachariah and this mirrors it, then cool, you caught it. If not, then it doesn't matter. If you catch the similarity between what is and what should never be and this episode, then cool, that's a nice thing to catch. But if you don't, it doesn't matter. And I think that was really smart of them to do something, which was my complaint with the 200th, is that this is something you don't need to be very invested in the show or fandom or anything to get the emotion of it? It's like did you read we retweeted it with Winchester Rose, the t v guide guy who was exactly. mm-hmm. yeah, the three hundred never never seen, never seen any of the two hundred ninety nine before and he enjoyed it, and he got it, and, and he, he talked about yeah he he totally got it, and he he said that um you know he that he could tell that the show was based off you know it's Jared and Jetson's the chemistry between those two is what keeps the show going, and he totally understood mm-hmm. everything and he, he and he he was like he didn't know if he was going to catch up with the past two hundred and ninety nine episodes, but he'll be there <laughs> for the six hundredth episode and mm-hmm. I, if you, I I really liked it. And um, if you haven't yeah. read it yet, we retweeted it on our Twitter account, and it's on our Facebook page. So check it out. It's pretty. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's wonderful. the article. I have a. I have a question. It might be my quibble. Is that Sam and Dean are catching John up as best they can, as quickly as they can? Did they tell him, or have they decide, maybe mutually decided not to get into the fact that? Mary was a hunter while she before she was married to John. While she was married to John, and then made a deal. There's that whole aspect of her in in Yellow Eyes and Baby Sam. Did did they tell me? Did they just conveniently leave it out? Did they, they people, not get that far when she walks in? Huh? I, was, I, I mean, don't they think got that far, but I don't think that they. I don't think it's in them to really play the blame game in that capacity. And I don't think that they would do that job. John- and to tell that story, they would have had to tell more about ta- their time travel times. Whereas from what he told, talked about, he just bas- they just basically kind of said that they have time traveled and maybe, you know, skim the surface of mm-hmm. what they've done with the time travel. I don't think they gave details. Mm-hmm. And, so they would have had to give in details about that time travel. Mm. I, I mean, that's, that, that would, would a be a lot to lay on, virgin. John. Hmm? I think they a very abridged version. Like, I don't think they went to like, this is exactly how we saved the world a bunch of times. I think it was very mm-hmm. much like a version of, of Buck's
0: tombstone.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, she saved the world a lot. Yeah.
0: You yes, Well, probably with like everything that.
1: that's happened to them and what they've been through, I mean, they could have been talking to him for a week uh, if, if they were going to be detailed about it. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, I think right. was something thing that was played for a joke in the 200th with them kind of summarizing all the seasons and making it sound ridiculous and stupid, where in this case we didn't have to deal with the summary because it doesn't matter in reality.
0: Mm-hmm. Reality,
1: oh, sure, um, but it doesn't matter, uh, and they they get the opportunity to keep it from being too too flipped but also without it being too painful. Hmm. Mm, I get it. So. Speaking of, of summarizing things, I thought the the episode opening recap was much better than usual. It was pretty concise and tight and kind of covered what it needed to and then got into the episode. So I thought that was really cool. And I loved it how it started with Dean saying, you know, dad's on a hunting trip. The thing that started it all. And, of course, yes, I about love John, that too. which in about it. and I loved when Dean Dean holds the pearl and and supposedly does his heart's desire and you know the lights flash and they go out and the room is red and there's somebody there and he starts fighting them and it's in the dark and then you hear that that voice and it's it reminded me of the pilot when Sam goes downstairs in, or in his apartment at the at Stanford and finds and is fighting somebody in the dark, and it turns out to be Dean. Well, this turns out mm-hmm. to be John. I thought that was a nice echo of the pilot episode, and um, I, that was—I thought that was a great scene. And of course, he best Sam and Dean because he's the one who taught them to fight. <laughs> and I thought—I thought that was cool. I just loved everything about his um, appearance, his introduction in this, and his voice is so great. Oh, JDM wait. could read the book, and I would show up and pay hundreds of dollars for it, thousands of dollars. Oh God, mm-hmm. yes. That man's voice is ridiculous. Unfair. Voice. It just it oh. just rolls and rumbles and and a little bit of accent to it. It's just amazing. Anyway, I wonder uh, what John was doing in two thousand and three when. He got pulled to 2019. Was he in the middle of a hunt? He was well, carrying a, a shotgun. He was on. We know that he was alone on a hunt, obviously. I, find think that out of it, I know that. I'm I am wonder wondering what he if was they doing. Pulled And that's in, just me wondering. I wonder, you know, because it ends with him in the car asleep, you know, waking up. Um, I'm wondering if they pulled him from that exact, that's the exact time that they pulled him from as well. Mm-hmm.
0: He well, came with shot a
1: shotgun, right? Hmm. He had a he had a gun in his hand. He had a gun in his hand, right? The shotgun, shot off shotgun. Uh, I didn't notice. Oh so, well, he he he's got it. He's holding it on Sam and Dean. He fights them and then he's got the gun, or maybe. Oh oh, maybe? oh yeah yeah. Dean. yeah. No, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, th- I I was thinking of when he was sleeping in the car. I, I you know. I, right. Yeah, well, I I, I, I like how I, we said Sammy. I think the detail of that is, is kind of one of those little flub things, but I assume we were mm-hmm. supposed to assume be, based on, I think they made a very important point, like he's in the car, here are the original plates to show time, even though John would never have not had them mm-hmm. because he's only alive with those plates, but, or no, not exactly. But anyway, um, I think that was the intention is that that's where they pulled him from. And I have to say, too, that I was so worried, we talked about it, Vinny and I did uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, that I, I, I said how important it was I really wanted Sam and Dean and Mary to remember that John had been there. And I, mm. think, it, I think they will. I, I think thought they, they were going to. I, think I they thought they were going to. They, I thought it was one of those when they, everything changed back. That they would always like like the fucking well, and Angel episode where it all went, you know. Right, well, I'll, but to me, they showed the restaurant fixing back, you know, going back. Mm-hmm. You know, they showed the town and everything going back, and they showed Castiel coming in. He didn't know what had happened, because he says, "What had happened? What happened?" So he didn't know, and then see. And then Sam and Dean's bruises and everything are still on their faces from the fight. I, yeah, I, the never cast, got, you know. I never got the impression that they wouldn't remember. I got the impression that John wouldn't remember. And I think they well, covered they, that fall well with him thinking it's a dream, but the the very, they, it, they ends them, it, oh, it ends with them telling that, like, implying that they're going to tell Cass the whole story of what yeah. happened. So Exactly. Um, although in the episode it says that they won't remember, you know, they said specifically, specifically said that they won't remember, and so I think they are for you know for some reason they're going to remember, which is makes me very very happy. And John even in a way remembers because he had that dream, you know, he well, thinks it's a dream. I'd Be more specific on that. There was an interview that uh, Andrew Dab gave where he specifically said that his intention with that is it's not really that John remembers so much because he is going to feel like it was a dream the whole time, Mm -hmm. but he feels like having that dream for John gave John internal closure and that he feels like the only shift in the timeline for John is that maybe he wasn't quite as hard from 2003 till – uh, his him passing away, which is a smart yeah. way to do it, which is a smart way to do it because he'd already had the fight with Sam. They'd already had whatever issue they would had mm-hmm. with Sam growing right. up. It doesn't change that. It does change. I totally like, agree. And it falls in line with it falls in line with the John that we see in Dead Man's Blood. Uh huh. It falls yep. in line with the John we see in My Time of Dying. In uh, mm-hmm. shadow, in, yeah, you know, in yeah, in, I, I, th- I think the entire yeah. run it falls in line with the John that we know versus the John that the boys end up telling stories about. Yeah, and it, it makes it all mm-hmm. make sense. So yeah, and it falls yeah. in line with it falls in line with like what JDM has always said, like the John that they they. Portray on the show is not the John that he created his headcanon mm-hmm. for when he was developing the character as an actor, right? And that was a lot of his stipulation if he yeah. ever came back. You know, Becky and I went to the first convention that he did for Supernatural in Vegas, and that was his thing. He legitimately just sat down on the stage and was like, "I don't, I don't like what happened. That's not my. That's not the John I play." And I think for John to be able to for Jeffrey DeMorgan Morgan to play the John that was in his head was likely instrumental in, to getting him back. Yes. And yeah. So I, I, I agree with I mean, the fact that I'm about to say this sentence is just a testament. I agree with Andrew Dabb <laughs> <laughs> Something well, I never true. thought I would ever hear. <laughs> Hold on, no. The irony is that was a legitimate cough. <laughs> that was not a <laughs> <Hold> on.
0: <laughs>
1: oh no, she said those words and now it's killing her. <laughs> no, I've been getting over a cough for about a week now. Uh, sorry, uh, I hate when I have to cough on the podcast. Um, but I do agree with Andrew Dabs that. The way they the way they did it, it it doesn't affect like Dean telling the story last week about how John had sent him away when he thought that Dean was maybe taking Sam's side too much or he knew that how to punish Dean if Dean was acting out was to remove him from Sam because how do you hurt Dean Winchester the most you take away Sam mm-hmm. take so away none Sam. of that changed, none of that changed because those are all things mm-hmm. that happened before two thousand three. But, you know, like you says, he feels like a man, and it takes us to a very parallel conversation. Again, with the parallels of this episode with, with previous episodes, in Dead Man's Blood, we did get John telling Sam, you know, this is not the life I wanted for you guys. You know, when you were, when you were both born and I started college funds for both of you, like his intention was them to do normal things. He got to tell Sam that, but he never got to tell Dean that. And I do think that, as my head canon, I think that John and Dean, in the years before Sam was gone, probably were able to have a few more conversations about like this is not what I wanted for you all. This is not you know you know those kind of things. Maybe not an apology, but because you can explain something, and you're not necessarily apologizing or making excuses. You're providing a reason, which is what John did with with. Sam in Dead Man's Blood, he's not making an excuse. He's saying, "This is what I wanted. This is what ended up happening. These are the facts of the case." And he and says it again simple. in this episode. He says, "Well, that again, he says in this it, episode, this is not what yeah, I meant for you." It to, he says it to Dean this time, or with Sam, mm-hmm. it's factual and more emotional, and. I think it was really important, and, and actually I don't think it was important. JDM said it in an interview, but it was very important for him as the actor playing this character that John and Sam had a reconciliation and had were able to come to this point. And I like, I, I see a lot of complaints that this was whitewashing of, of John. And you can say that to a degree, but I don't think so because you have John saying, I'm sorry for what I did. And at first, Sam is doing the whole, like, no big deal, it's okay. And John's like, no, 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 it's not okay. Mm. And, and Sam's saying, you're right, it wasn't okay, but I, it's not what I'm left with emotionally.
0: Yeah, and I think let me see I left that
1: behind anymore. a long time ago yeah and time you've lost someone whether it's a parent a grandparent you know whatever you do you do whitewash them in your head you know there are you do you don't forget you know not the best person or not the easiest person you don't forget but it stops being so important it doesn't matter the person's gone It, it doesn't takes matter. time and speaking as someone who who's lost both parents now, one of them years ago in strangely enough, 2003, and I lost my mother last year, you, you you, remember everything about them, good and bad, and depending on the day or the time or whatever, you, you you're right back to being sometimes you're angry, sometimes you're sad, like why did you say that, why did you do that, why were you like that? And you have to remember that, you know, that loved one, no matter who they are, they're they're human and they're not perfect. And you're right because you have to look at overall, overall, what were they a good parent, a, a good sibling, you know, a good loved one, family member to you. Well, if there's yes, then yes. You don't you don't whitewash it, but it's it's pushed to the background, and you. Mm-hmm. You think about the good things you think of the lessons that uh, uh the good lessons that you took away the good times all the love and fun and everything else but but the negativity or the times that they said things that hurt you or got angry or whatever you don't you don't forget those because they 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 shape your life they shape who you are but at this point if with with both of my parents gone what good does it do me to To remember them too much or get angry, and for all intents and purposes, of course, Sam had lost John years ago, so he had to process all that. Yeah, for,
0: for so Sam, I, I, it's I been I do twelve understand.
1: years. Hmm? Yeah, for Sam, it's been twelve years. So, <clears throat> you know, John, for John, as far as he's concerned, Sam has been in at Stanford. For two years, or we know whatever math you want to use that Kripke completely bored in season one Mm. because apparently he thinks college is two years long. Whatever, Uh, bless his heart. Um, But if you, no matter what, like he, as far as he's concerned, that's the life. You know, everyone's safe, everyone's alive. Meanwhile, Sam's going, no, 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 I walked up to your dead body twelve years ago. And that was jarring mm-hmm. for him. Plus, he's had time to process. Yeah, and when Sam says that he can, he still remembers, you know, finding John on the floor. It doesn't matter how many years ago it is; he can probably still see it as clear as day, you know, because I can remember details about seeing my father going on fifteen years ago, and and anybody who goes through. Goes through that can still see it clear as day. The only the only thing is Sam saying, you know, I'm I didn't get to say goodbye. You know what? Most of the time, you don't. It is, and I get why he would want to, and I I I I totally understand why he would say that. But it's a fact that most of the time you don't get to. So it just makes it all the more sad, and. It just does. It's another thing. But I'm glad that at least Sam got the chance to tell John that and get some closure that he certainly deserved and needed even after all this time and that he's processed it. And I think...
0: Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh no, I was just, I, I was gonna kind of shift gears. So if you have something on this, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just I, I was just gonna say that the whole conversation with John and Sam was just heartbreakingly beautiful, and Jared's acting. I mean, the way he, he his voice broke when he said, "You know, I think of you a lot," and just. Oh, it, it was
0: just, mm. it, it
1: was like, you know, I know, I know, you know, he, I know he's an actor, and I know he was, he's an excellent actor, but it seemed like so real. I mean, it, it was, you know, like you, I lost my dad last year,
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and so, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I you know, even though he lost, he lost his dad a lot, lots, you know, more years ago than I did, I just... You know, it'll be a year this month, February twenty fourth, that I lost my dad, and it's like I know exactly how he's feeling. You know, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. and, sure. Yeah, it was it, just it was just beautiful, and it, it just felt so real. Yeah, he did. He and he and Jensen were just just stellar in their scenes. Uh, I, like you said, it was so real. I think. They, they have both said that they don't, like, follow a, a script direction, like whether to cry or whatever. They just go through the emotion. They feel the real emotion that Sam or Dean would be going through. and But but this episode was really strong emotion, I think, for, for both of them. And, yeah, they were both amazing. And Jared, of course. You're right. It was so real in those scenes with with John. Well, that's exactly, this is is why I keep you, Becky. That's exactly the gear I was going to shift to was that, because down to Jared's, like, little lip wibbles, like, you can't really make your face wibble like that. I would be sincere and come across genuine. If you try to do it, it comes across a little, like, like sociopathic mirroring.
0: It doesn't work.
1: He did it so genuinely. Like, you can, like, like Susan said, you can tell that they were all actually in the moment. And I think it's a testament to the chemistry between Jared, Jensen, and Jeff. And I was amazingly surprised at how seamlessly Sam Smith fit into that because we've never actually had a scene with the four of them ever, ever. This is the first time the four of them have worked together as a unit. And it felt like actors that have been doing scenes together for years. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely seamless. And, like, while they all have worked with each other in different capacities, never the four of them at the same time. That's why at that Vegas con I broke down crying, because it's like the four of them together. We've mm-hmm. never seen that before. Right, exactly. I was, I was I didn't I didn't go to the con, that con. So I know it was even stronger that you guys were there in person, but I mean just seeing the pictures for the first time of them all together on stage, I was it just it made me cry because I think oh my gosh, you know, it's it's the Winchesters, it's the family, mom and dad and Sam and Dee. and and I, it was just monumental. It was just an, an incredible moment, and now to have this episode with them actually as the characters, very special, very special. And you know, not to not you know we we, and I do think it's because they that that scene was again important to JDM and something that as the viewers we were kind of a little more waiting for because we knew that John and Sam had such a big fight that culminated in them not speaking for so long. But I also really liked Dean getting his moment with, with John and going kind of ringing back to that idea that John telling Dean that he was proud of him and, you know, back then was kind Mm -hmm. of what tipped Dean off that something was wrong Mm-hmm. Devil's trap. I like I like the full circle come around of this, where this was a genuine. This is not Dean having to question it in any way, and for John to tell them both. I like I like that it was this maturity where it wasn't Hey, Dean, take care of Sam. It was take care of each other, and it was John. Yeah, we always yeah, it was, but it was John recognizing something that took Mary kind of a long time to recognize within them, was that these are not the little kids he left behind. Like even even as adults, they were still. I mean, twenty two and twenty six, you're a kid. Let's be real. Uh, your your brain is barely fully formed at twenty five. So, I not for John to look at no, but I mean, bio, like, no, but literally biologically your brain doesn't fully form until you're 20, 24, something like that. Uh, it might be 25, actually. I might have been right about that. Anyway, so, I mean, these are, these are, they were, it's not just that, oh, these are your kids. They were still kids. And I think for him to look at them as men and really take in everything they've done and respect that and not not belittle it, not blow it off, and not blow it out of proportion either. Not tell them, like, what the hell are you doing saving the world, you know, take care of yourself, but instead just taking it all in and going, I respect what they have done for each other and for the world. And to say, take care of each other, I'm proud of you both, was important. Mm. I think it was really important for that scene to be between the three of them rather than him just telling individually. I think it was important for Sam to hear him say that about him and Dean and for Dean to hear him say that about him and Sam. And I like that they got the the three-way hug, just that very, very unified moment on all levels. And for John to break down and say, I love you, and for Dean to say it to Mm -hmm. John, and so Dean has had the opportunity, very you know, to tell each member of his family that he loves them. He's got to tell Mary. He's got to tell Sam, and now he gets to tell John. And for Dean, I think that's very important. I love that and, moment. That's the one that got well, me. And the beauty of that moment is, you know. It kind of, it it reinforces the fact that Dean understands and he accepts what has to be done. And it it comes down to a choice between, because fundamentally, the choice is always really Sam. Because, again, what is and what should never be, at first he was like, okay, dad's dead, but he died normal and that's okay. I can cope with that. But then it was like, but also you don't get Sam, and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this was... Okay, mom might fade away. I might be a fugitive, but wait, I'm sorry, Sam, an Internet douche who has become this cold, callous thing, almost, almost robotic. You know, he doesn't have a family, he doesn't have emotional connections, and he's just become this talking head kind of thing. And people are like, nope, can't have that either. Nope. So even though it's still not something he wanted, what he really wanted is what he got. He just understood that he can't have it because that makes him a bad person. And but I think what what the, between Jensen the way Jensen played it, Bob Singer directing it, and the editing that moment of Sam crushing the pearl and not being able to look at John while he does it, and. It cutting to Dean and it, it mimicking like a gunshot through his chest was mm. such a powerful, heartbreaking moment. Yeah, it reminded that, me of the whole, end of Heart. Mm-hmm. When that that whole that whole scene. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I I was just gonna say it reminded me of the end of of heart when he does the same jolt when Sam shoots has to shoot Madison and it's killing him that Sam has mm. to go through that. I thought it was a yeah a little bit similar moment for him. To, to this day I still can't watch that episode. It's too hard. That was the episode. Um, that hooked me. <laughs> um yeah. I remember, you know, just to go off track for a second, then I'll get back to what I was going to say. When Heart First aired and I went to bed that night, I remember telling Russ, how can they ever go back to their regular lives? I was like, this is horrible. Look what they've had to go through. I mean, there, there's no way that they can just go back to their regular lives. That was just heart.
0: Oh, <laughs> you, know? you have no idea.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, that, what I that was. Moment, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, talking about this episode, when it, it starts off with John and Mary, and he looks at her and he says, "My girl," and, and I don't, mm. you can hear me crying. I'm, I'm sharing my voice right now. I'm crying just thinking about it. That mm. just started me sobbing. The way he looks at her and she's crying and he calls her his girl, and it, oh, it's. Just, such an emotional scene, like, I can't help but cry right now talking about it and thinking about it, and that, to me, is what started me solving that whole episode, that end of that episode, and my husband makes fun of me when I cry at TV shows, he's like, (laughs) why are you watching this if it makes you sad, that's, you know, he's like, turn the channel if it's making you cry, it's like, you don't get it, (laughs) you you don't get it, this is (laughs) And it's like yeah, it makes me sad, but I want to see it, you know. But it, I was just sitting there sobbing, trying not to sob, so my husband mm-hmm. wouldn't make fun of me. And it's, oh, it, it's like I don't think I've cried this much during an episode, or even after, just thinking about it since the Lone Gunman died in that episode of X Files. I, you know. Mm. It's it's been that long since I've been this emotional over a TV episode, and oh, mm-hmm. it, oh, it just well, the John, John and Mary that's what got me, and I thought for sure it would be John and the boys, but it was John and Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was John. It was John tried, telling Sam and Dean that I they love you so much that he says I love you boys so much. That's what got me. It just that's why I started crying, and I didn't stop for long after the episode was over, because wait, 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 wait. Just, so wait, you both are saying you all didn't cry till that point? I broke first because I cried at every single combination of Winchester talks. Oh, I, I cried, cried with. with yep. I cried with John and Sam, and I, 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 I cried with. I cried with. I cried twice with Sam and Dean. I cried with Sam and Mary. I cried with D, Dina and John. I cried. They're, I like, cried. Wow. At I, all don't I don't think I I stopped crying except for the pre part where we went back into town. That's the only mm-hmm. like reprieve I had from crying once the halfway point hit. As soon and, as Donnie me wrong because from, I, I cried too. As soon as John as soon as John heard Mary for the first time, I started crying there and really didn't stop. It was just at the uh, when I started sobbing was there at the end. When oh, okay. he calls Mary his girl, that's when I started sobbing I think, yeah. no, I think I, my, I, my, my my real sob set in with yeah with with John and Sam that was my first like actual sob i I felt those conversations and i I loved them, and i I was just there for their emotion, but i but I did not cry myself until until John told he says to, to both his boys because you think of everything that's come before and all they went through and getting that chance to tell them both after his relationship with Sam and sometimes with Dean and at that point he's just nothing but pure love for them and to hold them both at the same time and to see Jared and Jensen as Sam and Dean. They they're crying. I mean, they're really crying. You can see that Sam uh, uh, they Sam doesn't even say I love you back. He can't. He just nods his head and 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 then uh Dean saying, you know, love you too and their eyes are red, their cheeks are wet. I mean, those are he, they're both really really crying and that all just got to me, and I started crying, and that was the end. And then, he John is such a such a hero about all that. He makes that choice, and he says it's not even a choice, you know, for him to make the decision to do this and stay when it would mean Mary would fade away. And and then he's I like, you know, even "We take can it be as, grateful for like not- a dinner." Yeah, I didn't think, I, I didn't take it personally as John making the choice. I took it more that, like, Dean informed him that this is the choice we're making. And John was like, well, yeah, duh, obviously. Yeah. And I like I, that. I, I like yeah. that. I like that. that it was Dean and Sam having to make the mature decision and John kind of telling them, like, yes, mm-hmm. duh, that's the decision we're making. You're making the right decision. I'm backing your play on it which I thought was, again, a really good maturity moment for, for them. Mm-hmm. Instead of that he went to straight into it, order. though. Like, he didn't protest. He didn't argue. He didn't do it. I just loved how he just met it head exactly. on, you know. I just loved that. It I, was, it, I just so loved what it. What I liked about it, what I liked about it, and it's one thing, like, on a personal fangirl level, like, the one thing I really wish this episode would have had, just one, because it's a call to my favorite episode, I would have loved for them to call him sir. Mm, yeah, mm. what I wanted right. so bad. Um, I just wanted what that I, yes sir. But in unison, yes sir. I didn't get it, but I'll let it go. I'll let it go. But it was what it was. Is it was John for once not giving the order. It was John. Keep meeting them on level ground. What I I, I think what. When I when I think about going back to the John and Mary stuff, when I think about, I think I'm so glad that the show showed their importance to each other, um, because you know they were married, you know they were in love, they were married, they had these two kids. Yeah, the mm-hmm. shows about Sam and Dean, but John and Mary, you know, were married for forever, and I love that the show. Gave them their moments, you know, and gave them their time mm-hmm. together, and mm-hmm. you know. Oh and yeah. So, did, you know, he's holding her hand, you know, as he leaves. Not, you know, hugging the boys, you know, something. He's holding Mary's mm-hmm. hand, and he's looking yeah. at Mary. And oh, mm-hmm. see here I go again, crying. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I just. You know love we that we, have, so a oh, we have a caller. Oh great. And I know who it is. <laughs> I know who you are, caller. <laughs> hello, Winchester hello. Radio. Hello. Ms. Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Becky was singing the song of my people with all this talk of, of John and Mary, and so I had to call in. I'm like crying <laughs> sitting here listening to her talk about it. Okay, um, hello, everybody, um, before I just take over. Um, I just I wanted to call because I feel like um, first I've never called before and I haven't given a shout out to Mark Shepard, so I wanted to say I love you, Mark Shepard. I'm just on the show, and I think they could have seamlessly slid you in somehow with getting Crowley in there when Zachariah came back. I feel like they could have made it work if they hadn't screwed you over. So I love you, Mark Shepard. Um, I. I wish that everybody knew why I was. I'm specifically laughing so hard. <laughs> Shut up, Christy's the biggest um, Mark Shepard fame girl ever. I adore okay. Mark Shepard. Yep. Wait, but Christy, could I tell the story, please? I don't think I don't think anybody wants to hear the story, Benny. I don't think anyone wants to hear it. <laughs> I okay. know the story you're <laughs> referencing. I know that story. The important thing is, she <laughs> wants to share that I make a fool of myself when it comes to Mark Shepard, and I do it off. I do it often, and it it's quite embarrassing. And yeah, I, so we stuff. we were in Los Angeles uh, last March, and uh, Christy Aileen and I took the uh, the tour of a tour of Hollywood, and we ended up. I'm not going to give you all the details. We ended up in the same spot with Tim Decay from White Collar. So Christy's very excited because this is a show she watched. She's very excited. Let's tell him how much she loved the show he was on with Mark Shepard. And <laughs> watch into her Mark Shepard love. <laughs> I, did I did. I did. I can't do that. It was beautiful. It's the best thing because Christy really is like the – Mark Shepard, fat girl. I do. I love the man. I love the man. And I don't, um, and this is the strange part that that people, I think, find um, unbelievable. I was not a huge Crowley fan. I'm not a huge Crowley fan even now. I love to hate Crowley, but I feel like they completely messed his character up after a certain point. After Sacrifice, I felt like they did just kind of you know, wibble wobble around with him. They didn't know what to do with him. So I don't necessarily fault the fact that he ended up leaving the show. I think the way that they sent him off the show was crap. So I will forever be bitter about Mark Shepard and I will forever be bitter about the fact that we couldn't have had a Crowley moment in an episode like last night when it would have been beautiful. He was in so many episodes. He was such a huge part of the show. It would have been nice for him to have some sort of a, you know, glimpse, but we can't do that for, for reasons I won't get into. Andrew Dabb is a jerk. But I, for me, I, I wish that I wish that he would have been able to be there. But to get back to uh, why I actually wanted to call in, I was, I was so 100% in agreement with Becky about the fact that I expected to get completely overwhelmed about um, Jeffrey Dean and Jared and Jensen being reunited on the screen about, John and his boys being reunited, I don't think I expected the level of, um, sorry, I'm going to start crying. I don't think I expected um, my heart to get so invested until that scene that Becky specifically talked about, the look that came over John's face, and it was just like, I have hated Mary's character since she came back. I'll be very blown about it. I don't like what they've done with her. I feel like they have, they, they, it's very much like Claire Novak. I feel like they took a character that could have been good and they've kind of, I I don't know. They just messed it up. But regardless, it seemed to be like so much of the show, even though it is like y'all said about Sam and Dean, there is so much of the foundation set with Mary and, with Mary and John and the fact that Mary made this terrible decision because of love, because she couldn't be without him. And it. In this moment, you see that something in him settles when he hears Mary's voice, and you see that it's like something he's been missing all those years is finally returned to him, and then you see her when she sees him, and she almost takes a step back because she can't catch her breath. She can't believe this is actually her John, and this is what she's been missing since she came back. This This is the touchstone of her heart and her life, that she has not had and she's not been able to find herself really since she came back, the way that they met um, and immediately embraced and there was just something that was so beautiful about it and so touching about it and it wasn't heavy handed and it wasn't over the top it was just two actors who had never acted before together really that somehow took us to some beautiful place that we don't get to see very often on Supernatural which is a a Winchester moment that is not Sam and Dean, and I thought that was absolutely beautiful. And everything else I said, I completely agree with about the ending scene. But I wanted to talk about the scene when they had supper together. Uh, it struck me as I watched it. You know, Dean. That was Dean's greatest wish to have his family back together again. That was the that was the thing that in his heart he wished for more than anything. That he had his family that since he was four years old, he had longed for, Sam never had that. He had never had a meal. Sorry, I'm going to start crying. He had never had a meal with his family at the table that he could remember. And Mm -hmm. I watched as Jared played that, and he was so subtle about that he almost looked nervous. Like he didn't know how he was going to
0: go. Like like
1: Mm -hmm. Sam just almost was like hesitant about raising his glass. Like he was hesitant with, how am I going to fit in this dynamic? These three people have been here before. How do I fit in? And then suddenly it was almost like you saw the release where he realized, this is my family too. These, this this is where I belong. And it was just beautifully done by Jared, like in those moments of just slight hesitation almost. Like he, I just loved it. I thought I loved everything that Jared did in this episode. I don't uh, – I'm mm. just not kidding. I tweeted this last night. And I was not kidding. I think this is any worthy. People – And I adore Jensen. I'm a Jensen girl. Everybody knows that. But to me, he out-acted Jensen last night. I felt like Jared owned this episode in a way that he hasn't in a long time. And as somebody that has grumbled and griped and complained that we're not getting enough Sam, we haven't seen Sam as a lead character in a long time. I just felt like this was such a beautiful, beautiful gift that we got that Sam was front and center and Jared acted his A-double-S off, like, he was just amazing. Um, I just can't say that enough. I loved how him I in the scene when they first see John, too, when they're first yeah. sitting with John and telling him what happened. it's very similar because Dean's, like, calm and explaining things. And, and you see Sam is back a little bit, and he's hesitant when he talks and answers. It's like, a completely different reaction to John than Dean has. And I thought Jared played it so so beautifully there, too. I thought Jared, yeah, Jared did a really good job with taking it back to playing. Like, he never really had adult time with his father. He left at 18. Yeah, they had a couple of encounters after that, but he's never sat down as a man with his father. Dean has. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the way Jared Jared just very subtly reverted back to a teenager, that awkward hands in your lap way of sitting, when you don't know what to do with yourself, you don't feel like you're at, with peers. You feel like it's not really below, not inferior. Just like you don't like you're you're a kid sitting at the adult table. Yeah. And yeah. And I I, don't I love. I loved when he first shows up and he says to to Sam, you're supposed to be in Palo Alto. And then he says, what happened to you? You know, because, yeah, yeah, D, you know, everybody talks about how Jensen Mm. looks basically the same. You know, he's not really changed that much. Yeah, But Jared has changed a lot. And so I love that he looks at what happened to you? You know, I I do like that. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, and I'd like, I'd like, um, I like the fact that at the beginning of the episode, or as John got introduced to the episode, I love the fact that, that Sam very much from the get-go was like, this isn't going to last. This is not good. This is," And then as he makes peace with John and as he finds a closure and a way to be able to finally put the past completely in the past, and that's not to say that he hadn't forgiven him because as we all know, Sam is literally the most forgiving person on the planet and he will he you know he buries it down he does whatever he needs to do he just keeps on moving forward, and but there was something about that getting that talk with John as an adult like then he said as an adult male that he was able to talk to his dad and say yeah you did crap things but you did the best you could and I love you and I forgive you and and I'm sorry too that's powerful stuff and you could see then he start Sam starts. As he said in the conversation with Dean, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Like, and I I felt for him in that moment because I thought, it's not fair. You just got to see who your dad was supposed to be because John's life was forever changed when Mary was taken for him. And we got to see glimpses last night of the man that John could have been should have been in the fact that when he 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 wasn't always hard, he wasn't always a taskmaster he wasn't always we've seen that before we've seen that beautifully done in shadow we've seen that done um in, in other episodes that he's been, in, but it was just so apparent last night in him talking to Sam how much he loved Sam and and that and then in this conversation with Dean, how much he loved Dean, and I was like, I just love the fact that they were able to play Sam or Jared was able to play Sam. They were able to write for Sam in a way where he was able to come full circle almost from being that um, hesitant, like, like Vinny said, that he, he's you know, well, he's like the kid at the adult table and he was able to become the adult. And, and I think it's fair because let's be, let's be real about it. Life sucks. You know, and for those of us that have lost parents or lost loved ones, life sucks and you don't get enough time and you don't get to say goodbye. And, I just thought it was done mm-hmm. so well, and I just loved, I loved everything about the last scene. I loved everything about um, the way they shot it. I loved everything about, oh, yeah, and a shout-out to Bob Seger because I'm telling you, when that Bob Seger song <laughs> started playing, I literally, like, did a loud jail because I was so excited to see that they brought Bob Seger back into the show because, you know, he, my, a lot of my favorite things with the show are about music, and I love the fact that they brought Seager back in for that pivotal scene. And that, you know, just, ugh, anyway. I just love that. Yeah, I agree. I really love that. But, um, and you like know last, Bob Seager was one of John's favorites, too. You know he Yes. Was. Yes. I just, um, I don't know. We've talked about this before, and I know y'all talked about it in the podcast and stuff, but it seems like that for some reason there's been a shift over the last few episodes, and it seems like, that maybe mm-hmm. you know they're back towards something that is more you know brother centric that is more um, giving Sam more airtime and when I say airtime I don't mean that he's just on there as wallpaper I mean as that he's actually the lead again I don't know what the shift mm-hmm. is um, I, I just I want to see it continue because. Uh, Like you said earlier, like all all of y'all said earlier, I mean, there are things that you can find and you can nitpick and you can, you know, say I don't know about this, I don't know about that. Overall, that episode was glorious. It was from the Mm. minute it started and it ended. It was, it was something that captured my heart, and I have cried so many tears over it. It's embarrassing Um, because, like, like I think Becky said earlier, like even just thinking about it, like even just sitting here. Thinking about mm-hmm. it was bringing me to tears, and I miss that about my show. Mm-hmm. I miss that about Supernatural. Because, um, you know, yeah. I used to mm-hmm. I used to get pretty teary-eyed. You know, I'm fairly I'm fairly um, soft-hearted anyway. I cry about a lot of things, but, you know, I've missed that about Supernatural. I've missed being able to, like, watch an episode and it tug at my heart in that way. And it it didn't mm-hmm. tug last night. Like, it ripped it out of my chest and stomped all over it and then cradled me in its arms, and I just... I miss that and I love it and anyway I've taken up enough of your time and I love you guys and um I'm so glad to mm-hmm. I'm so glad to be able to fall on over the show again. It makes me happy in my heart.
0: Oh, it was I, gorgeous. Love you,
1: I love you we Christy. We love you too. You, Absolutely. you said every You said everything. I completely agree with every single word you said. You said it all beautifully. Even oh, I it is wonderful to feel this way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I have to say I've had some dark days. <laughs> I've had some dark days with the show where I have, um, yeah, and this, this feels like the dawning of something beautiful, and I just hope, it's, I, hope I stick with it. Please, God, please. I hope I stick with it. So, but anyway, I'm, 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 I'm well, going to go. Before you go, okay. because I want your opinion on this, okay. I think for me this was the first time in a long time where an episode ended and I went, I want to watch that again. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I hadn't had that, that feeling in so long, that immediate feeling of finishing an episode of Supernatural and going again, play it again. I did it with and I did it with mix mix fishing, Still being on your mind. Hours later, yeah. days later. But not yeah, yeah, in the same Usually way. they stick with me and think and watch, but but this one brought all that back again. I can't stop thinking about it. I haven't stopped thinking about it and reading pictures and yeah, yeah. and anyway. Mint Condition is one that I watched, and we had lots of discussion about it, and then um, I wanted to watch it again because I knew I missed things. And then probably uh, Profit and Loss, that was probably another one where I literally, the minute that I could watch it again, I did because I enjoyed it so much. Now, I will say this. I did get through certain things in Profit and Loss. I did not watch the full well, episode. That's what I mean. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, with Profit and Loss, there were parts I wanted to rewatch, yeah, mm. I thought, like, let me rewatch the whole episode. And then as I started watching it, I was like, and fast forward, and fast forward, yeah. and fast forward. Like, I just skipped these huge chunks of it. This is an episode that I don't need to skip. Anything no. I don't need to fast forward. It is, it's just, I won't even say that it flowed because it didn't. But I don't care. There's not anything that didn't work for me. And that's not to say okay. that it didn't work, because there were things that didn't work, but it all worked yeah. for me. And and I think that's something that Supernatural's always been able to do. Like, I always used to tell people, even in the beginning, like, you can argue that season one is a little rocky sometimes, or in my opinion, season four is a little rocky, mm. but it's always been a show that I could tell people, these two actors make this show.
0: Mm.
1: And they always, this was an episode that just highlighted that you can have good to decent writing, you need the actors to bring it. And these four brought it. And I will say, and I, I really do lay that more on Jared and Jensen because they also had to do comedy in this episode. Oh, God, yeah. It wasn't, just straight, it wasn't just straight, you know, shot through the heart kind of stuff, they also had all the levity in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And know have we haven't even talked so about Sam as 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 a TED Talk giver with his classes and God bless Kale and Yeah, no, from now on they are now known as speaker. Sam Talk. We live in a Sam, paradox yeah. Sam Talks. Well that's I that's true. I think I want to see people talk. that didn't that didn't like Sam. Like everybody was like he was I just didn't like for oh, me I, I had, I had such a bit reaction really good. to good no, I mean, I, I mean, the people thought is, like, he was, he was attractive, person. and I was like, "That's not my Sam. Like, I don't oh, like God, Sam no. with a black turtleneck. I'm not a Sam black turtleneck person. Um, I couldn't go with the black turtleneck. I could go with the glasses. You know, I, might, I could even put mm. up with the kale. I can't deal with the black turtleneck. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. No. like, I, I that's a bridge too no, far. No. Maybe, I mean, you know. I but one thing, Love one thing that I. I to say is that when you were talking earlier about the Beetlejuice poster, um, I couldn't help but notice that beside the Beetlejuice poster was an All Saints Day poster. And I thought that was a cool to Mint Condition. Oh, I missed that. Because that, that, was, that was for David Jager. Hayser, yeah. And Also on the yeah. other marquee. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was a cool go back to Mint Condition uh, with David Jager. And I was like, oh, I, I like this. I like the fact that they're, you know, they're actually paying attention to canon. Like this is interesting. This is new.
0: But um, <laughs> that's
1: snarky. I shouldn't say that. That's very snarky of me to say. <laughs> anyway, and I don't. And I will. Well, they're not the phone. wrong. I will get off the phone. I promise. But I did want to say something about the thing where they were washing the dishes together. Um, and I do. Oh, yeah. um, just, what, just what you had to say. This, this show. I don't care what other people want to yang about. the show rests on Jared and Jensen. The show rests on the fact that the two of them can wash freaking dishes and make it into something that is is poignant and and mm. that I mean they they were just they're just sitting there washing dishes having a conversation but it is it is the facial expressions I mean they they don't have to do anything like they're just standing there washing dishes and drying dishes and yet their faces are saying a million things. I, I can't say how much I love those boys. I love that they've given us 14 years. They're fixing to give us 15 mm. seasons of this show, and they still they, make I they love them they so want to watch them wash dishes. Like, that. They could sit on the brain couch and read the phone book, and I think I would still enjoy watching that because they could make it work. And I enjoy oh, yeah. that. I love them washing dishes. So and it we all me said think that. that. How many times have they washed dishes? and had conversations like that. You know, this is not the first time. But here's the thing. Here's what I really liked about this, though. This is is what their life would have been like in theory. In theory, had they had both their parents and grown up normal, they would have been relegated to washing the dishes after every (laughs) meal together. This was the first time they ever got to wash their family's dishes after dinner. Uh, The thing that all of us have had to do and have taken for granted and even hated, there's nothing I hated more growing up than having to do the dishes. It was the one major chore I had, and I loathed it. And this was the first time they ever got to do it. And I had to do dishes with my brother, and it's not fun. (laughs) <laughs> would, it's not fun to do it with your brother He would annoy the crap out of me Until I would tell him Just go away, I'll do it myself And he knew he could do it Which was the, what his plan was <laughs> Exactly, Probably. exactly So do it with your brother Is not fun for normal people <laughs> No I was I was never trusted enough To do it by myself Like my mom always washed And I always rinsed and dried Because I was not trusted enough to uh, To wash, but I actually have good memories growing up, like when I was little, and then I think it shifted at about 12 or 13, and I was like, why have you? Why do you make me do this horrific chore that is, that is going to actually kill me one day, and I still don't <laughs> like doing dishes to this day. Like, I still don't enjoy doing them. Um, I just hate it's it, but bad. I agree completely with you that, wow, I, didn't, I hadn't thought about it that way. This is like the first time they've ever actually done dishes. For their family. Mm. like that's, Yeah. I thought about I it because uh, my, my knee-jerk reaction was, ugh, dishes, because, and this is legitimate. I, as a teenager, could not was not supposed to leave the house on the weekends. Or I was not allowed to go out. My mother worked on Saturday. And I was not supposed to go out if the dishes weren't done. And for the most part, I did pretty good. But there were a couple times where I was like, it's not, that, it's not too many dishes. I can get away with this. And I would go out, I would leave. My mother would find out where I was, go, <laughs> pick me up, bring me home, make me wash the dishes, and then take me back wherever I was. Good for Whatever Lola. Whatever first huh? house I was at, she would take me back. I love you, Mom, get so me. much. Good oh, for you. she would come <laughs> and get me. And, and it wasn't like, oh, okay, I left a whole sink of dishes. It could be like two plates and a four. She was like, uh-uh, get in the car.
0: Mm.
1: So, yeah. You know, having these domestic moments, it is what ties you as a viewer into the show because we don't understand what it's like to fight monsters like or to die and come back. That's not reality to us. What is reality to us is dealing with a sibling, dealing with a, a mother, a father, dealing with, you know, your just day-to-day life of, you know, for them, they're picking up magic potions and stuff, but it is really just running an errand. You know, and seeing Dean, and then walking, you know, seeing Dean and Sam walk in, and Campbell Brothers, your usual, and the, po- the woman at the post office, you know, the, all the stuff that we do relate to.
0: Yeah, and I, seeing I and seeing them do uh, it.
1: Yeah, going going back to uh, you know the Love Fest, the Vinnie Love Fest earlier. I just want to say, I feel like the postal, the post office, uh, was a shout out to me. Like I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that postal clerk. I'm telling you right now, I would never have done Sam that way. I'm just being blunt. Uh, <laughs> I would never have done Sam that way. But I can understand how she would got a little flustered uh, with Dean you know, holding her. Hands. But I did feel like that was a shout out to me, and no one's going to take that from me. So, oh, I believe it. I believe it.
0: <laughs> I'll let
1: you. I'll, I will let you have that part of my first act. I will give it to you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I did know um I did I am one of those people that the minute that they said anything that related to a serial killer, I am one of those people that instantly thought, Oh dear God, this has got to be my favorite <laughs> um, <laughs> immediately I thought that because I you know, I am of course I know nothing about podcasts. I honestly don't think I've ever listened to a podcast. Um but podcasts. Well, uh, are, like, you're podcasts. on one right now. Oh my god, that's podcast <laughs> like that. That's true. Now I'm a podcast star. I can put that like in my Twitter bio. Podcast. There star. you go. I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh yeah, I'm gonna put that in my Twitter bio. I even thought about that. That's awesome. Okay, now I know a little bit about podcasts. I know how to call in and talk incessantly and not shut up. That's 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 my kind of podcasts. <laughs> Okay, this time I am actually going to go because uh, I've taken up too much of y'all's time. I love y'all. I appreciate so much y'all giving y'all time to do this podcast every week after the episodes because I know sometimes it's a labor of love. I appreciate y'all so much, and um, I thank love you. all of y'all. Love I you, love you, thank you. you on the world.
0: Okay,
1: you, Christy, bye, girl. I love you too. Bye. 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 Hmm.
0: Oh, that was fun. She she's never listened to a podcast. like you're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I just wanna say
1: that there are all kinds of podcasts in the world, not just the scary serial killer stuff I listen to. I love that scene where they're washing dishes. I hadn't thought it's funny because you thought you thought of what this had never happened before. And I thought of it happening many, many times of just Sam and Dean washing dishes and having conversations either about nothing or a case or I think because in my head, serious things uh, and 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 I think, it's yeah, like I it's, think it's, it's I think in my head are wonderful. No, I think it, because previously in my head the way I had a head canon of is we've seen Dean like well we know we haven't really seen we know that Dean cooks. He makes burgers. He makes pancakes, mm-hmm. and so in my head it was very much a like I cook you clean kind of thing. hmm And so I don't know because we've never seen them do it before. I although you're right, I I could see it your way too because they did it with such synchronicity. Like there, it was just you know was very it's so casual. They're not even thinking, were thinking
0: so, about it.
1: You yeah, know, it was a very was thoughtless thing they were doing. So. I could go both ways mm-hmm. on it. But, you know, even if they have, it's still for me emotionally, they've never had to do it in that capacity before. Right. That makes it a a special moment. But and and they've I it, they've done it done it it as, and I love that yeah. about it. But I also love that they've probably done this before. Like you said, it's it's probably, you know, Dean Dean Cooks, Sam Cleans. We know Dean Irons. We've seen him uh, iron Sam's clothes, <laughs> so and they, we've seen them do laundry. So I, I love all those little simple, like common domestic things, like you said that everybody does, and you can identify identify with. But I, it just made me think how many com- kind of conversations that they've had, and yet this one is 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 pivotal. It's a well, it's and a, I will, I will also say that they've done it before. There's a, I'm going to use this phrase in a very literal way. I know how it's going to sound. It's not how I mean it. I just don't have another way to put this. But they've done it before as domestic partners. This is the first time they've ever done it as sons, as, you know, kids, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: I mean, this is their home. This is where they live. This is where they cook and clean and maintain, and it, it is, it's their house and they keep Mm a lot of pride in it, but this is the first time that they've had to go, okay, you know, just that very typical thing of mom cooks and then mom and dad relax while the kids clear the table and and wash up.
0: Mm -hmm. It's just
1: such a domestic typical thing. Yet Mm -hmm. for them there was this heavy cloud over it. I just thought it was very, just Mm -hmm. just a very well-layered episode overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there was a, long break where Sam and Dean in a motel, they didn't really do dishes together. They might have if they occasionally got a motel room that had a kitchenette, but there was, there was a, a break in them washing dishes, but they've been in the bunker for a little while, so they've probably done that before. Maybe it took them back. Maybe they did it when they were kids or on their own, but not necessarily with John. So yeah, this was a This is a very important dishwashing event for them. You know, it's been done before, probably in different ways at different times, with years apart maybe, but this was the first time as sons and parents and family. Sure, definitely. Now all Um, they have to do is give us Sam and Dean doing their laundry in their underwear like Jensen has wanted. <laughs> and they will have fulfilled all of my desires. Again, because the mundane. Mm. I just like the mundane. Yep. Because nothing about Sam and Dean is mundane, usually. I think that's why we enjoy those mundane parts. It was like fun seeing, ironing, saw the middle laundry mat, was, you know, cooking, whatever. I love stuff like that. Um, I want to say that we've got roughly nine minutes left of live on air so any other scenes or subjects we want to cover um we've got about nine minutes we want to have it live so no i think i would just be repeating myself about how much i love this episode
0: and i would just be crying god God, it's
1: been so long since (laughs) well that's okay too (laughs) because this this episode we haven't been able to do those things in a while like like you know I I've never heard Denny so happy about an episode <laughs> and it's it's great and I think the closest was the closest was back in season 11 Red Meat that was the closest to me being like this is amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes and then and you know and and Becky's so emotional and you know it made all of us so emotional at different times and different reasons, and sometimes it was the same and also for me the the episodes previous to this one it was actually like a little tiny bit of an arc and some continuity, and things went from episode to episode um and you know what there's a little tiny moment in this episode with Sam and Dean, and um oh, it's um the box, and they get it from uh, the, the the occult pawn shop person. And Sam gets this sort of, he gets this little happy, hopeful smile on his face, and he says to Dean, maybe like, you know, the catalog or whatever, well, take, take your mind off things. And he's just so hopeful about getting Dean through this thing with the box and Michael and, Dean, you know, has none of it, and he's still grumpy. He doesn't want to catalog, and you know, you mean that thing in my head, and he brings Sam down. But I just—it was just a, another great little acting moment by by Jared. But but again, it, it was consistent, you know, for the past. We've had what four? I'd say about four episodes in a row that at the very least we had good brother scenes. Like you said, maybe I don't want to rewatch the whole episode, but there were some great scenes, and it was great with Sam and Dean, and more. F- focused was on them, and then this episode was just the culmination of that. Um, we have we have a break. This was the last episode until March 7th, I believe, about a month. I, I don't see an episode following this one. It's like there's no way it could, so it's actually good. We have some space and some time to, you know, watch this again and process it and get it a little bit in the past, so you know we can Excuse move me. on a little bit um so i do have yeah. to say real quick i if i ever have to hear of winchester surprise again i may have to throw the phone at the door i'm so tired of that casserole. it was it was a it was a purposeful setup and it may it I want to say, like, my heart wants to say it makes it less awkward than in the, the introduction of it, but no, it makes it equally as awkward. It was still awkward, but, oh, whatever. <laughs> right. I could, I. could. Yeah. What makes up for it is hearing John say she's going to make that casserole in Jeffrey D. Morgan's voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did not enough. call it Winchester Surprise. He just called it that casserole, which I like that, that much. That of hers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll take it. And I yeah. do and I also do think that that may have been Mary's way of getting the boys out of the house so she and John could have some personal time. So, you know, sending them to the grocery well, store. Well, she was I sending said, Dean, I, do want to say, I really like the moment. I really like the moment of of Sam and Dean leaving them alone, like when they walk into the hallway. But there is no, like, ew, mom and dad are kissing. They're just like, like, Dean is like, my mom and dad are kissing. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that it wasn't overplayed. Yeah. And I like Sam saying about wants some company when they go to town, because he's had his moment with John. It changed his mind. and And he just wanted Dean maybe to have the same chance. And and have that dinner. And I just love him saying, Want some company, and the look on Dean's face, like, you know I do. I just love that moment. Yeah. And I I like how much time they, you know, again, that they gave, even though it was off screen, that there was time, you know, they gave personal time to John and Mary. And... Mm Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I think that's it. super important. They were yeah. super important. Well, also Mary. if I was if I was Mary Winchester and yeah, I'd be like, boys, you store. Bye. Yeah, yeah. If you go to the next town over for the store, that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I need this special tomato that's only found in, yeah, in Montana. They don't have it in the Lawrence. (laughs) Go. Wow. Anything else about this episode? I mean, we could just go on and on about how wonderful it was. But, no, because we are going to get we are going to get cut off, and it doesn't record. It doesn't keep recording anymore. It just cuts off. Yeah. Well, it's about three minutes. So, is there anything right. else? Any uh, news? Um, we said Supernatural's back, and uh, it's on a little hiatus for spring, as usual. The ratings were better. Uh, they came up this week, which was cool to see. A um, little bit.
0: Well, it's yeah, not yeah. a
1: little bit. A tenth of a point is, is actually huge. That's that's a mm-hmm. big jump. Like it, it seems like oh, just one tenth, and it feels small. It's not like in terms of metrics, that was a that was a nice bump. Because we've been skating good. barely barely hitting the four, you know, to mm-hmm. hit a solid five was, was good. Yeah, great, excellent. I think it stayed steady, right? It didn't adjust down. I haven't seen half hours. I don't don't do know. Well. Okay. But um Okay. Right. Well, Supernatural that's back it for us March seventh. We'll be back in uh, we'll be back in a month. But uh, thanks everybody for listening tonight. Thanks, Christy, for calling in. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and um uh, That's it, I guess. Thanks for listening. Becky? Thanks, Mm -hmm. everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back in a month. Actually, no, we won't. (laughs) Um, The weekend of the next um, episode is the Nashville Convention, and Vinny and I will be there. So there won't be a podcast for the next episode. No. and. And, and please mm-hmm. don't, please don't crash our hotel room to have a live podcast. We will not let you in. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't be in Nashville. We'll miss you. Won't be podcasting either. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll miss you.
1: All right. Thanks. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get back to a convention. <laughs> All right. Well. Good night, everybody. Thanks again.
0: Good night. night.
1: Thanks again for tuning in.
0: Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.